If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars, because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. Hello and welcome to the Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League podcast with me, John Richardson. And me, Matt Ford. This is the podcast where we follow the highs and lows of the FPL teams of some of the country's funniest people. This is a little extra episode of the podcast where we're summarising the midweek games and answering the question, what sort of midweek FPL manager is Matt Ford? And the answer is still terrible, but not as terrible as people may have presumed or feared. So let's get the headlines out of the way. You beat me. It's now 12-2 over the season. Not looking good for Vinny at Christmas, is it? I shall be tucking into a nice Vinny van der Vee Wellington at Christmas. I do not recognise this court. We've had this conversation. We put it to a public vote. Vinny has been spared. Just to go Until over... Until Christmas. Gobble, Why? gobble. I mean, I, don't, I actually I'm don't... I'm calling it, you need a rocket up your backside, or to quote a football analogy, you need to be bent over and have a flare inserted into you and set alight. If you need... You, you clearly the motivation of winning is not enough for you. So I'm telling you now, if you do not beat me between now and Christmas Day, I will come to your house and take that puppet, and I will film myself doing horrible things to it. Part of me would obviously quite like to see that, but this narrative, this simple head-to-head, doesn't tell the full story. It's about scratching the surface, about getting deep into the granular level detail of, of, of this stuff. So... It, Yes, I lost to you, but I'm now hoisted mm. up to 24th. I'm now above Sean Walsh, Ramesh Ranganathan, Laura Smythe and Rob Beckett. I'm on 605 yes. points. It was a good week for me. I scored 59 points. 59. I was on the highest take scorers out, in the league. Take out Mo Salah. Actually, I wasn't one of the highest scorers in the league. Take out Mo Salah, of it course. It was sort of a good week for everyone. Yeah. On account of anyone who captained Mo Salah got 30 yeah. points. And that, that continues to you. frustrate me. Yeah, even as someone who captained Mo Salah, I just think... Let's just get rid of all that. And and that won't be a problem for you because as a result of your defeat this week, you are not able to captain Mo Salah this weekend uh, in the fixtures. You know, that's I was thinking about perfect. this the other day at the traffic lights. I thought, actually, that's just silly because all you're doing is saying the person who loses is then more likely to then lose the following week. It really well, is. Well, not stupid. necessarily. Well, of course. We went into that forfeit at a point where two players in the last two weeks had captained away from Mo Salah and been rewarded for it. Yeah. So there are players out there, you know, every week, you know, Mo Salah's not necessarily, to use the phrase, the king of the game week every week. He's just a very consistent scorer. Our league leader this week, Ian Sterling, former league leader, did not captain Mo Salah, has Mo Salah in his side, is a Liverpool fan, gambled, captained 
Diogo Jota this week lost 15 points, is now second in the league, mm. once again behind Emily Dean, who scored 82 points this week. I think I'm going to have I mean, to, if I'm captain someone other than Salah, it's probably got to be Ronaldo after the Arsenal game, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, well, you, you'd, you'd have got uh, 26 points for captaining him this week, yeah. 13 points last night. I mean, Emily Dean has Ronaldo. She got 13 points for him. Rafinha, eight, he scored. Ben Rama had a great week for him, and those who've those who've held on to Ben Rama after weeks of two points have been rewarded with a three-point haul this week. Uh, Mo Salah, 30. She got Reggie on, 12 points. Get Reggie on. Points. Get Reggie on. Um, so a superb way, but I, it has to be said, and I, and I will allow you this this speech to continue. Fifty nine points represents one of your most successful game weeks since the game began. It does, and it's only two points behind Patrick Bamford for the week, so it's not bad at all. It's just that everyone else did yeah. quite well, and um, uh, you know that's just the reality of it. But it it does hoist me above. Laura Smythe and Rob Beckett. So incrementally. Basically what happened is this was like um, an election defeat, but you know that you're on the path to power. You know that it was too big a job this time, but we are moving in the right direction. And the public are starting to look at Notting Hill Forest and say, yes, you're not yet a top team, but we're willing to start to look at you. And and that's really at the moment all all I can ask for. And it's an honour to have the, the privilege of the chance to hopefully one day top this league. Yeah. Well, you know, if you, if you really capitalise on that support, then, you know, you could be looking at maybe like 14-4 by Christmas, which puts you in a really strong position to lose quite badly by the end of the season rather than horrifically. I have to be realistic about where this season can go for me. I'm not deluded. I'm not going to sit here saying I'm going to win the league because I'm so far behind. Top of the league, Emily Dean has 904 points. I'm on 605. Mm. That is probably an unbridgeable distance. But who knows? My reality is it'd be nice to get mid-table and incrementally I'm clawing myself up there. If I could get to 11th, 12th, I'm about Mm. 150 points behind. Who are you looking at? Name names. Ivo don't, Graham. Don't, don't give me positions. Who do you want to beat? Ivo Gra- Well, look, Alex Brook is on 715. I'm only 110 points behind him. That's a yeah. that's two or three game weeks you could make that up if you if you did really really well. Yeah, and he didn't play. If he just ignored his team. If he did really badly. Look, if everyone else starts doing really badly and I start doing really well, maybe I'm in with a chance. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the curse of Matt Ford. The curse. You made, you know, we discussed your changes. You you finally gave up on Andy Robertson and you brought in mm. the game's most successful player, really, one of uh, Cancelo at Man City. Uh, and you brought in Reese James um, from Chelsea. Yeah, Talk to me about that decision. Well, Andy Robertson has now started playing out of his skin and getting assists all over the place. Uh, Reese James is injured. <laughs> oh, man. I've got an idea for Cancelo, by the way. Yes. This is a fairly loose show. We we have the odd feature here and there. Thought of a feature, Cancelo culture, Mm. where it's either about Cancelo and his politically incorrect views and will he fall victim to Cancelo culture or Mm. we um, speculate on the culture that he actually likes. Is he an opera man? Does he prefer scratch nights? Is he into improv? And we can explore that 
through the new feature, Cancelo Culture. What do you think, John? When you say you've come up with a feature, yep. what you mean is you've identified the fact that Cancelo sounds like the word cancel with an O on the end. Yes. That's really what's happened but I've got there. The feature further. itself is... Added on the word and then giving you two options for very strong format ideas. Mm. You don't agree? Are they? Are they? I think cancellation culture as a semi-regular, periodical, wry sideways look at whether Cancelo is basically unwoke or, um, you know, a fan of the arts. Possibly both. Um. Well, I don't like it. Oh, man, that's going to be right. You love a good pun. Oh, yeah, I like a good pun. But, you know, for me, that 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 means literally the pun lives and breathes and then dies. That's it. You do the pun, we all have a laugh about it. What you don't do is take a fairly flimsy pun Oof. and attempt to nail a feature in an ongoing podcast to it. What that is is... That's really too much. That's like saying, I like crisps, so I'm only going to eat them from now on. Well, I'm not saying it should be the whole show. I'm just saying every now and again. And and really, I'm sure it's the chief medical officer would agree with me. That's how you should enjoy crisps, is not to eat them all day. It's just every once in a while, have a crisp. Yeah, but what, what you've done is you've you've come up with two features, neither of which have any factual basis. I mean, he's never said anything controversial, and nor do we have any idea what, he likes culturally so what we're doing is just speculating which we could do on any player regardless of whether their name is a pun okay i've fleshed out the idea a bit more so let's in the last 20 seconds yeah while you were talking i did did some quick thinking i'm a board level level here man so um cancelo culture i think we go with the unwoke one and periodically i will put three quotes to you one of which he actually said, and two of which he didn't. And you have to guess which one it is. And um, then basically the wrong answers get cancelled. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. It, it, it's got more flesh on the bone. He likes it. it. It will be clear from the fact that the one he said will be something like, I thought the lad's done well and we're pleased to get the three points. And the two that you've made up will be horrific. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm looking at your team now, Matthew. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like, I could go through your team now yeah. and give you a pun feature for every one of your players. So you've got Pontus Janssen at the back. Yeah. I'll tell you now, we could do a feature called Pontus Pilot, yes. where Pontus Janssen is a fictional airplane pilot and we discuss where he's going and why. Yes. Um, Great idea. You've you've got uh, Duffy in defence. Oh. We could do a feature called Shame Duffy. Lovely. Where every week we discuss something horrific that he did in his childhood um, that he's still struggling to get over. We know there's a team called uh, Ben Ramanana, so we could do a feature called that where we speculate on which uh, 80s hits Saeed Ben Rama enjoys. You've got one right under your nose in Gold McCarthy. We, we could have a communist witch hunt in the Premier League and speculate <laughs> on who the Reds under the bed are in, uh, in the FPL. Mo Salad Cream. Great. Uh, where we that could be the finest goals that Mo Salah has ever scored. Or you go in a different direction. I mean, you don't want to go too far in a direction with salad cream. That, that could that could become quickly despicable. But yeah. we talk about what um, the changing nature of salad dressings in the Premier League age. So, what would be the optimum dressing for an elite athlete? I mean, 
could be a diet section of the doing? show. It could, it could be lifestyle. This week on Salad Cream, we're having a um, olive oil and balsamic vinaigrette on um, a bed of rocket. Okay. If you can tell me an opinion or a fact on dressings now that I find genuinely interesting, we will have this conversation again next week in a feature called Mo Salad Cream. Got one. Got one. Got one already. Due right. to the calorific content of the dressing on a McDonald's salad, McDonald's salads with the dressing were actually more calorific than uh, a Big Mac. I think that's right. Yeah, that's, actually, that's actually quite a good fact. Yeah, or one of the burgers. True. Yeah, it was definitely, it think... definitely was more calorific than one of the kind of like unhealthy options. Mac salad with dressing. Let's it was in the look. news at the time. At the time. So well, this yeah, is an of old story. Well, look, I mean, mate, all the news happened in the past. <laughs> I think you just made the news in the future. Uh, ah, here we go. McDonald's salad has more calories than Big Mac. Get in this... news. I am news. I just got it inside me. Now news. you've got it inside you. <laughs> Come on. That from the 4th of February 2016. That from the uh, satirist Matt Ford there. Get in. If you ever thought healthy fast food was healthy, think again. Though McDonald's may be on a health kick, some of its nutrient-enhanced meals are worse for you than junk food, according to CNBC News. McDonald's new kale salad is the most outrageous offender with more calories, fat, and sodium than a double Big Mac burger. Told you that a double Big Mac is an even bigger story than I thought. Um, I've re- you know what's been nice about today is a couple of times I think I've won you over. I think the Cancelo culture idea won you round, and you've come no, round hate to that. salad dressing. Do you know how much I hated Cancelo culture? We've ended up doing a feature called Mo Salad Cream, where each week we tell a fact about dressings. So <laughs> let's not pretend for a second that Cancelo culture won me round. So next week we'll. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. And thinking that this will make people not cancel this podcast. Um, well, next week yeah. I will invite you to tell me another interesting fact about dressings or sauces, and I will invite you to give me three quotes from João Cancelo. Yes, and I have to guess which one of them he's actually said. And let's do that with Mo Salad Cream as well. Let's um, let's uh, let's do that. So then you have to guess. Oh, so it's three facts yeah. about dressings. Yeah, and one of them's one of them's true. One of them's true, and, and then it's just okay, got more fine. of a you know people can get involved. Hello, CPFPL, you know all that sort of thing. Now on news stories, John, that I remember yes. that you didn't. You may remember last episode I talked about the gorilla that chugged a load of Ribena when it escaped from London Zoo. Yes, and we dedicated the show to anyone drinking Ribena. Is that right? Yes. James Higson has been in touch. He said, hi, chaps. Enjoying the podcast and the curse of Ford. Long may it continue. Further to Matt's interest. Yeah, yeah. All right. We haven't read that bit out now. He says, further to Matt's interest into who has drunk the most Ribena, I have my own lurid tale. A number of years back, I had the builders round who were working on an extension. On their first day... Is that a euphemism? (laughs) I politely asked them if they would like a tea or cold beverage. One of the builders said he wouldn't mind a Ribena if I had it. So I offered him the bottle so he could pour one himself with his preferred water-to-Ribena ratio. Idiotic. Well... Why are you doing that? I don't think it's idiotic. I think it's very generous. That's nice, isn't it? That looks showy to me. That We have builders round. We've got a posh coffee machine. If we've got builders round... I don't make them posh coffee because I don't want to open that wormhole up for myself. Every week I'm frothing up milk you for lattes. You have to lattes. open your wormhole, mate. Just make them a coffee. <laughs> um, the, 
Hang on. When I came round, I didn't get a posh coffee. Yeah, exactly. I consider you trade. Well, I'm coming round at the weekend. That's why I bring you in the back door. Uh, Yes, we're seeing each other. We'll discuss that later. But I think if you've got builders around and you give them a full bottle of Ribena, what that says to me is stick 10% on your quote. Lads, I'm doing all right. Oh, I see. You think it's a bit too flashy. Craziness, yeah. I'd be giving them juicy. Or you go, um, oh, I think I might have some. Oh, we're running a bit low. You just sort of Mm. game it a bit. Um, A big mistake. Don't call it Beena in front of them like a baby. Don't call it. Don't call it Beena, because they will just, you'll be told you've got subsidence. Before you know it, you, you're under grand in debt and you're taken out a loan because you embarrassed yourself. It's like going into a garage saying the Vrum Vrum car's not going fast. Yeah. You, you... Do you want some Beena? Just on me coming to yours, can I have a posh coffee this weekend, please? Uh, Yes, you can. Maybe on the Monday morning yeah. as a treat. We're doing a gig together, aren't we? So that is a genuine, uh, that'll be a genuine treat for listeners. If if the idea of Mo's salad cream as a feature doesn't tune in, next week both Matt and I will have seen each other doing stand-up for the first time in two years. Oh, man. I didn't even think um, of it like that. Yeah, so th- there's going to be a lot, of, there'll be a lot of ribbing of each other on next week's podcast, I don't oh, yeah. doubt. It's a charitable gig. Oh, um, what? Because I'm going to be um, I haven't done stand up with with any sort of uh, conviction for for two years. So let me just say to the good people of Bradford, brace yourself. And I'll tell you now, <laughs> if Leeds United lose that afternoon to Brentford, going into a Christmas fixture list, which is Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Chelsea, I am going to be in a shitty mood indeed. Well, if he is, listeners, I will. Um, I might try and record you surreptitiously when you're drunk. Let's see how I get on. Anyway, back to... Well, I won't be drunk, because... Oh, we're going to have a drink when we get back. I don't know. The thing is, I've got a gig the following day, and you know what I'm like about stuff like that. I'm like, I don't like to do them hungover, but if I kind of... If I try some new stuff out and it goes well, I might think, well, I'm kind of okay, I don't know. You get your pecker up. Well, I'm driving, so you can have a couple at the gig while I'm on. I meant more like when we get back to yours, but then that's tough, doesn't it? Let's just be we can have a We can have a little shandy, can't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about a nice pint of salad cream? <laughs> a couple of shandies and, and you show me your wormhole. Right. So this guy has basically opened himself up to be abused by his builders. So where we are. So here we go. So this is, um, just to remind you all, James Higson, who's offered his builder the bottle itself so that he can pour himself his own Ribena to water ratio. I was horrified to see him pour himself an undiluted full pint of Ribena, which he proceeded to sip on for the next hour. Oh, God. I mean, that's just incredible. Now, do you think that the builder thought it was already diluted? Like, oh, here's a bottle of Coca-Cola. And misunderstood. No. No, because you... Well, I mean, if he'd never encountered any cordial before... I would allow that. Mm. I think he's just... Well, as I say, I think he's done it on purpose. I think he's thought, right. Yeah, what's the sugar in a pint of Ribena? Well, as James says, he says Ribena is not cheap. An 850ml bottle is £2. And he's had most of that, hasn't he? Because a pint's 560ml or something. It's got... I mean, the amount of sugar in that. You must... You know, they used to say, oh, there's eight sugar cubes in a can of Coca-Cola. I mean, it must be about 100 it would just be like eating a bag of sugar. I mean, you don't want it too yeah. weak because then it gets bitter. You know, like when you used to go to youth clubs and the orange squash would be just so weak, it was almost pointless. 
and obviously as an advocate of water, I'd say don't ruin it by putting squash in it. Um, as an advocate of water, listen to yourself. What do you mean? That's just uh, it's not a sentence you should be saying about as an advocate of water. You know, I consider myself something of a peace envoy for breathing air. Yes. You don't need to be an advocate for water. But you take the mick out of me when I say it's my favourite drink. So I do feel like yeah, I have I do, to do because it's a sign of a very plain man. Oh. Well, you know what? I, I, I was forced to have plain taste by the fact that I was born with zombie flesh. So I wasn't allowed to have um, nice food. I had to have ready salted crisps and weak apple juice and stuff. So maybe it was, maybe I'm a product, you know, I'm like, um, what's his flavour in um, The Dark Knight Rises? You know, I, I, was, I was born into the darkness. So the water was, you know, my only joy for many you years. Want to do the, you want to do the voice? Drink water like a younger man. That's terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Now, there is a very interesting uh, story that's come out mm-hmm. that, that genuinely will be of interest to uh, FPL managers and fans of football alike. Uh, tattooed footballers score 42% more goals than players without tattoos, according to a study. So are you going to start transferring in tattooed players? Has Salah got tattoos? I think there's something in it. I'm I'm willing to give it a try. So let's have a look at most tattoos. Well, you know what it reminds because... me of? It reminds me of that story from the Bible. I think some leader is trying to assemble men from the village to fight in his army. And I think God says to him, like, get them to drink from the river. And the ones that scoop it up with their hands... Don't pick them. Pick the ones that just get their face right in there because basically they're harder. And I wonder if <laughs> it's a bit like that with tattoos, that the players who've got tattoos are a bit rougher. You know, they're more likely to be strong in a tackle. They're more likely to just go that bit further. They're just a bit, you know, nastier in a good way. Yeah, I think there's something in like, if you've got tattoos, like certainly on your chest, um, you are more likely to want to score a goal so that you can rip your shirt oh, off and yes. show everyone your tattoo. Like no one wants to see my soggy man boobs, so that's why I tend to play in in defence. And, and it's literally the only reason because other than that, I'm a deadly finisher. If you had to have a tattoo, what would you have, yeah. and where would you have it? Well, I've genuinely think about this a lot. Ooh, yeah, I really am. I really am. And look. Look, let me say this has got nothing to do with the fact that I'm 40 this year. I really do think a lot about getting a motorbike and a tattoo. Right. Do you really want a motorbike and a tattoo? I did, yeah. I spent a long time looking at what size motorbike you can uh, ride without having to get a separate motorbike license. What made you want one in the first place, then? I just want one day. I think it would feel quite good to just be on it and and sort of rev it up. We did a TV show years ago where we got to drive that um, Ferrari. Oh, that was quality. Well, let's just do I, that then. For your birthday, let's just go to one of those things where you drive no, like a Merc No, let's not be 40-year-olds who go on like a Brands Hatch day. You're the one who wants to get a bike, you loser. Yeah, do, you know, do you know what I did for my 40th? I drove the new Ferrari, and I've got to tell you something. What a powerful beast. That's better than actually getting one. Going, oh, I'm a, I'm now a loser. I've just got my earpiece, a leather jacket. And- <laughs> <laughs> I just think if I'm gigging locally, rather than take the car, I'll get on old, no. uh, I'll get on the old dirt devil. No, or you whatever know, I choose uh, to call my motorbike. So hold on, I'm not giving you a piggyback <laughs> all the way there. So hold on, 
I don't, you're a car guy. You like the warm cocoon. You like creature comforts, music, podcasts, live radio. You like having everything there, little snack. There's none of that on a bike, mate. Yeah, no, but I have been that for my first 40 years. And I think for the second 40 years, I'm going to be motorbikes and tattoos. Okay. Well, I'd have, I'd have a forest tree probably at the top of my right arm. Yeah, I have thought. Lucy said to me, "Why don't you get a Leeds tattoo?" Or like a, I would, I, I'd, I've thought about having a sort of Bielsa tattoo. Ooh, faces are tricky. Oh, I don't think I'd have a face. I'd have like the silhouette what, of his leg on the bucket. That's just a tattoo with <laughs> yeah. Bielsa's leg. I'd have his brain, his beautiful brain, tattooed um, onto your you... brain. Like shave Can't... your head and get a brain tattooed on your scalp. You look like someone from one of those Louis Theroux documentaries where he goes to an American slammer, talks to people who've had their eyes tattooed. <laughs> I think, um, I think of, uh, it, the problem with like, I think a football tattoo is a real gesture, and you've got to. I, I love football. What a lovely gesture! Think... Oh, he had the Leeds tattoo on his chest. What a lovely gesture! You've got to look at yourself and say, as a as a married man, as a father. Mm. If I choose to permanently ink myself with a football club before that, what does that say about me? And what do you think uh, it says? I think it says I like football more than I like my family or anything else in my life. And would that be true? No. Okay. That's a fair point then. I like it more than most of my family and the things <laughs> in my life. <laughs> and if you want the full list, listen to our new cpfpl extra time podcast where i'll tell you all the family members i like less than football that now that would be great so let's think of a let's think of a snappy pun title for that (laughs) it's lovely hearing you work it out and it makes me very excited for our gig on sunday watching you work out material muttering to yourself a man walks into a bar well we'll think about that Uh, now Something happened this week in the Manchester United-Arsenal game where Arsenal led Manchester United, ended up winning 3-2. Ronaldo scoring his 801st <laughs> professional goal. <sighs> but the first Arsenal goal scored by Smith-Rowe, there was controversy around because De Gea was down, apparently injured after a collision with his own mm. player. That wasn't really a collision. I mean, I was watching it on Amazon Prime. And they said, oh, it's a, you know, a peculiar goal. There's nothing peculiar about it. The Manchester United goalkeeper was pretending to be injured and Arsenal scored. I mean, it, yeah. It, I didn't think there was anything weird about it at all. Did you? Does it change? Would it change your opinion if that had been Nottinghamshire Forest? No, and I'll tell you why. Any stuff like that drives me mad. And the yeah. occasions when I've got most annoyed with my own players is Jonathan Greening when he was at Forest. <laughs> Just stay on your feet for crap. I didn't pay to watch you. And I, you know what I really hate is. There's one thing, like, if you're tripped over, you can't help falling over, right? But it's the it's the clutching, the wailing, the pained expression. It's so immature. De Gea sees where the ball's going. Yeah. And then he's perfectly fine for the rest of the game. You know what I would introduce? We've talked about it with guests on the show before. What chips would you introduce to, to change FPL? I would yeah. allow, and this is very, um, I, I guess it's quite Old Testament. Maybe I'm a product of my mother's upbringing. I would allow referees to slap players. <laughs> Because I actually think David De Gea just needed it, not not too hard, but just a slap around the face. I mean, he would have rolled around for a week. He would still be down now, clutching his just face. Slap He'd him be and just say, that "Stop no- it! You're a grown man." He'd make this noise. <gasps> That's what he'd do if he slapped him. You know what my favourite type of slap is? A Coronation Street slap, where they get slapped 
And then it's the shoulder. Well, you know, ideal soap slap is Deirdre slapping Ken, basically. And that way that, like, a middle-aged man gets slapped on the soap and then just brushes the area that got slapped with his hand with a kind of wry smile. People don't do that in real life, do they? Slapped in the face. Oh, uh, my mum would slap me from time to time. (laughs) Not anymore. I think I got a couple. Yeah, as a kid. You'd get slapped in the face. <laughs> it didn't do me any harm. You didn't eat all your dry cornflakes. <laughs> I got, not hard. Not like she wouldn't like swivel from the hip. It wasn't like Eubank. But it would just be a you know clip around the face. I think a teacher actually fish hooked me once at primary school. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, different yeah. times. I was definitely grabbed by the earlobe a couple of times. That really hurt. What 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 did what did you do wrong? Thing. I mean, every time I was... Um... Oh, I don't believe that for a second. I was just reading, sir. <laughs> you don't get fish hooked for doing nothing. You've done something. I've mistaken identity. You've let one go. Oh, no, that was secondary school. The smell in the classroom. <laughs> Fort, come with me. Chuckling away, stewing in your own filth. Oh, I did that. <laughs> oh, I did it would have just been exuberance at primary school age for me. I'd have just been running around too much. Uh, now, there was something else I saw this week. I, I don't know if you saw Erling Haaland. Was it you having a pint with a duck? It wasn't, not yet, but I'm hoping as we get towards Christmas. Talk. But Erling Haaland had been abused by a woman in the crowd at a football match. She, oh. she gave him the middle finger and he clocked it. So I just wanted to get your view. Well, firstly, have you ever flicked the v's you know various hand signals an abusive hand signal towards a footballer oh not for oh i don't know actually i think i might have i think i might have done it at harry redknapp um a couple of years back when he was at ellen road i think when he was managing birmingham he was being particularly gobby and what did you do i think i almost certainly did it who was managing doncaster when we lost oh used to play for man city small footballer Paul Dickoff. Dickoff, yes. That's the angriest I've been as a fan, sat behind a manager. I think I might have been very rude to Have you ever looked them in the eye and done it? Um, No, I wouldn't have the courage to look them in the eye. I'm classic one of those in the safety of thousands of people, sort of. And I'm small anyway, Mm. so you'd just see like a finger. It would look like I was doing that thing where you raise your fingers behind someone else's head. I like the little buddy. You see a thin little middle finger peeking out from somebody's head. I did raise a middle finger to someone this week. (gasps) Who? Um, Where? Why? On the M18 motorway, uh, driving my mother-in-law back to our house, I was getting tailgated by a car. So I did what I always do. I slowed down uh, to further agitate them. Then when they got closer, I tapped my brake to illuminate my brake lights to make them slow down even further. And then when I'd passed the vehicle that I was overtaking, I wasn't just idling in the overtaking lane. I was overtaking a vehicle. Once I'd gone past that vehicle, I popped the indicator on to indicate that I was moving over. I did not move over for upwards of 30 seconds to further infuriate the driver. And then when I did move over and they overtook, I raised my middle finger and held it up (laughs) to the driver's side window so they could see what I thought of him. Do you not worry having public profile doing that? Uh, A little bit, but when I'm so in the right like that, I just think, what are they going to do? Tweet me. I'll just say, right, yeah, you drive like a tosser. And that's why I did all those things. And I, I do, I, I'll, I'll be honest, it happens almost every time I get in the car. So it's got to the point now where I just think, you know, I'm one of those, but I've got away with it so long. And when I say got away with it, 
I have been chased on occasion by angry men. Um, I'm not condoning any of this, by the way, but I take very, very seriously any uh, bad driving where it endangers people's safety on the roads and tailgating on the motorway absolutely drives me insane. I think you're right. Have you flipped the bird at a footballer? I once... Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? And I, I immediately regretted it, and it occasionally visits me, um, this terrible memory. But, oh, God, it was Alan Shearer. I flicked him a V. You flipped the bird at Alan Shearer. I flicked him the bird. I flicked him the V and looked him straight in the eye, and he saw me. So this was... Oh, crikey. What season would it be? 95, 96, I think. And Blackburn, would, I think they beat us 5-0 at home. And he scored and he celebrated right in front of me. I just stood up. I mean, I must have been like, what, 14? 14. Stood up, flicked in the V and he, looked, he clocked me just as I did it. And he didn't do anything. And I just immediately felt completely ashamed. I, I, I was so ashamed. I felt guilty. I felt he's just had yeah. this amazing moment. He, he really is one of the best strikers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've, as a kid, I flicked a V right in his, not right in his face, but he gave me eye contact. But he knew he was celebrating. Presumably you weren't sat in there. Where was he then? Blackburn? Or oh, yeah. No, he was Newcastle. celebrating from the Forest fans. But I think that's just where he happened he what to be he on the doing. pitch. He wasn't, like, he wasn't doing it in a, in a provocative way. Maybe he was like, no, 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 maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Sod him. Yeah, I was going to say you now have a public, you know, vehicle to apologise to Alan Shearer if you so choose. Alan, I'm very sorry for flicking you the Vs when you're at Blackburn Rovers. Um, I, I always loved you as a striker, particularly for England. Um, I really wanted Newcastle to win the league that year. Um, I, and I'm sorry as a child for doing that to you. I mean, he might, I don't think he'd Well, you're not it. a child at 14. I think In if you're flicking the, law, the Vs at a footballer... Yeah, yeah, of course. If it goes, if it goes, if he takes you to court, I would have loved to see that Shearer versus Ford in court. <gasps> you know, I was very upset. I did my little thing where I raised my finger to the sky and run forward with a cheeky little smile on my face. And then I see the face of this evil devil child, Contour- dry cornflakes stumbling from his mouth <laughs> as he flicked as the V's. That's my ex Alan. And on his hand, he had a puppet and he was doing a very offensive Dutch accent. <laughs> While we're making amends for the sins of your past and things you've got wrong, shall we have a chat about the maths that you use to calculate? You oh. very kindly, and I have to say, that money is in my account. Oh, no. You've done that. You've transferred that money. You're a good guy. So let's just remind people what this was about. About 1990-odd or somewhere like that, I was at an arcade on the Isle of Wight. I walked past a tuppenny nudge yes. machine. 12p yes. fell out. I was excited and a member of staff approached me and informed me that that was not my money and I had to hand it in. Scumbag. Um, you very kindly righted that wrong. Yeah. You worked out not just, you weren't just going to give me the 12p. You worked out using, uh, and I think you name checked the Bank of England inflation calculator uh, and you calculated that 12p to now be worth three pounds. And 5p. Um, and 5p, which you put into my bank account. And then. The email floodgates opened. Oh Matt Withers. Ahem. If £12 in 1989 is £30.53 now, 12p would be worth 31p, not £3.05. Amateur investor. So now we're getting actual financial whiz kids on it. 12p to £12 is times 100. 30.5 divided by 100 is 30.5p, not £3.50. Do we need to check your weekly scores? This may be the reason, Matt, that you lose every week. Oh. Um, John Richardson always comes across as good on maths at Countdown. 30p, not £3. He's done that as a hashtag, as if that was going to catch on. I appreciate your optimism, Ben Dalgleish, but I think Twitter's got bigger fish to fry. 
um, crying emoji. Boys, sorry, not sorry to correct your dodgy maths. This from Sul, uh, but 12p, 19.89 would not grow to £3 at inflation rates. It's about 30p. Matt, best get John a Freddo. You won't even be able to afford a boost these days with that. A lovely reference there to a now dead feature, Bench Boost, which will soon be joined in the graveyard of features by Mo Salad Cream and Drow Cancelo Culture. I think what's great about this is there's a whole world of Fantasy Premier League. We must be the only Fantasy Premier League show <laughs> that, firstly, has any idea that the Bank of England inflation calculator exists, secondly, uses it, and then has a phenomenal listenership of people mm. who actually can really calculate inflation. And I, I just think that what a wonderful resource for us all to have in the Comedians FPL community to know that you guys listening are so good at this stuff, and, and thank you. If you were doing a podcast whose listenership you imagine would have the time and interest in fictional rates of inflation i guess it would be a listenership who by definition play a fictional version of football where we manage a pretend football team i i guess the hit rate of our listenership compared to like if we'd chosen to do a podcast on like pubs or something yeah but think? i think mate honestly i think there'll be people who listen to the economist podcast who don't have that level of detail and math skill that, that ours do I, th- I think we're in a really amazing place here venn diagram of football fans and yes high level yeah well i guess that's, i guess that's the thing and this is what's what i find interesting is that what we have is people who are committed to admin to that degree but also as you say by definition of being football fans aren't averse to flipping a, a metaphorical bird and taking the time to get in touch with the podcast and slag off the hosts for having made a mistake and i think that is unique to football fans i think as you say economists would probably just you know have a wry smile to themselves he's got that calculation wrong it takes that combination of admin and football fan to say you prick you're completely wrong there and that's why i think perhaps if we are launching a new feature it should be pedant's corner because i've also had a tweet this week from greg uh, who says john if you like receiving comments from pedantic pricks listen up you must stop saying I made a substitution which cost me four points. Substitutions don't cost you points. They are unlimited and free. It's transfers that cost you points. Transfers, double exclamation mark. He's right. You know, I sort of feel like karma. I pick up so many mistakes in others. Mm. I welcome you to get in touch either uh, on email or Twitter with mistakes that you think we've made. Hello at cpfpl.com at Comedians FPL. What's great about the title pedants corner is you get corners in football. Oh, lovely. I tell you what, they did a thing during the Leeds uh, Tottenham Hotspur game. You know when they flash up a statistic, whereas a fan, you're like, don't say that. Yeah. Usually for Leeds, it's the score. <laughs> the stat was something like, Spurs haven't scored now for their last 99 corners. And you're like, oh, don't be a dickhead. Obviously now you've teed up, you can picture the voice of Martin Tyler saying, and it's 100 times lucky for Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, they didn't score. Martin Um, Tyler is very that sort of level, isn't it? John Richardson, who comes into the comedian's FPL on a... Real run of form. Is that a good Martin Tyler? It's good. Well, you the, the, you know the thing he says. What's his catchphrase? And it's live! Lovely. Um, so we need to uh, pick a forfeit for next week. Uh, we need to round up also uh, Youngest Listener, which we've had quite a few emails We've had a lot of week. emails about Youngest Listener. So what what is the forfeit? Well, th- uh, we've actually been helped out here this week Ooh. by incoming Manchester United manager Ralph... Rangnick, 
Yeah, go on. Then. How am I saying it? Um, I'll leave that to you. This could uh, be the first section of Cancelo culture. Yeah. Okay. Well, incoming Manchester United manager Ralph Ringdick. Yeah. Uh, it was revealed this week um, at his previous club, RP Leipzig. He had forfeits for players who didn't do what they were supposed to do because his belief is that it's pointless finding footballers because they've got loads of money, but what they don't have is time. So you make them do something that they don't want to do, and that's a better find. Oh, yes, like chores, basically. Yeah, so he had a wheel of fortune in the dressing room which he would spin, and whatever it landed on, that was your forfeit. Okay. So this week we could simply take one of Ralph Ringdick's forfeits... <laughs> Um, now a lot of them are football based okay. so forfeit number one is pump up the footballs, get them on the pitch and then clean them yeah, So um, for me. I don't want to see you cleaning balls um, training an academy team, again more yeah. likely to land you in hot water with the police Yeah, but also uh, if you suddenly turn up at an under 11s game screaming at him, get into him Yeah. Uh, stadium tour guide I mean I think that'd be a good tour guide of any venue and I offer myself to any venue in the UK, if you're running low on tour guides, I reckon I could learn fast and regurgitate information. No question. Um, mow and take care of the training pitch. Now, you are coming to my house this week. You get, I could make you mow my lawn. Oh, mow your, well, okay. Does it need mowing? Uh, well, not really. It's winter. Hang on. Hang on. You're trying to just get me to do stuff around. I can smell this. You're just going to try and get me to do some chore at your house this weekend. That's where all this is heading, isn't it? Yes, yes. Okay. So then what if you lose? When are you next down here? When are you next down here? You've got trouble, mate. When are you next down are you here? When are you next coming around here? I'll get some boys. You want to meet up, mate? We'll meet up. You want to meet up? When are you next in London? Case I'm, I'm in London next week. Uh, fill the water bottles. Um, work in the club shop. Serve food in the team cafe. Work as a kit assistant. Load the team bus. Um, or buy gifts for staff. I think a chore for the other one. Well, I missed one, which is wear a tutu. What? Wear a tutu is the other one. You said that with such... I could hear you smiling as you said it, you pervert. <laughs> so we have got a gig together. We're not going to wear... Neither of us could do that, could we? Wear a tutu for a gig. I'll wear a tutu for okay. a gig, mate. I'll take any yeah, the thing is, you know you're going to win. So this is false jeopardy. Because you go, uh, this is squid game all over again. This is you pretending <laughs> that this is a 50-50 scenario. You, want me, you just want me to wear a tutu for that gig. Speaking of getting slapped around the face. Have you got a tutu? Um, uh, Elsie's got a tutu. That's not going to fit me, I is it? If I could... Or you, well, it might fit it's you. It's not going to fit you, no. Uh, um, what chores are you suggesting, then? You lose. I want you to come round here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, could do with our carpets doing, actually. Hoovering no, or washing? replacing. <laughs> I'm to re-carpet my flat. <laughs> I'd like you to clean my toilet with your tongue. Oh, you're such a baddie. That's really bad. You shouldn't even say that out loud, man. That's rancid. I I tell you what, the garage needs clearing out. No, that's a big Um, job. You'd pay people to do that. That's logistics. I want... There's some shelving in our garage that's falling down. I'd like you to remove the shelving uh, in my garage. Some John Joe shelving. Very nice. Very nice. Possible new feature. John Joe shelving where... (laughs) Each week I go around... With a spirit level... Um, maybe the two-two thing then. Yeah, two-two at the gig. And I mean, the problem we've got is that um, there will be a Monday game this week, so there will still be some jeopardy when I see you. 
But let's be honest, if the league is anything like it usually <laughs> is, we'll know who has won and lost. Okay, do you want to order a tutu? I'll order a tutu and the loser will wear it for our gig on Sunday night. <laughs> I might not lose. You better hope for Vinny's sake. And again, we're not hearing from Vinny this week. Is that is that a uh, we haven't got in to hit the post yet? But is that is that a conscious decision? Well, we have read a lot of listener emails and we haven't heard from. Well, Vinny. hold on. It is time for hit the post. <laughs> this time is it the post? Oh, <laughs> Let me just get him out of bed. So you may remember. We're trying to find our youngest and our oldest listener. We had about 20 emails about this week. And we've had this email from Joe. Oh, who's this? Uh, who's this, God. everybody? Hey, everybody. It's Vinnie Van Der Veet, And I'm here to read your post. And read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him so much. I'm genuinely looking at him now. His eyes really make me laugh. Hey, guys. Uh, by the way, before I get on to doing the, uh, the admins, I just want to say, John, Hey, my friend, and how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Hey, guys. My 10-year-old son, Charlie, listens every week to your pod. All of his own volition is bedtime listening. Well, hello, Charlie. He's a big fan of the swears and the comedians, but isn't convinced by the actual FPL tips. He currently has 803 points, which at the time of writing Oof. has him 15 points ahead of John and too many to count ahead of Matt. Far more impressive is that his pal, Osho 10, is currently 318th in the world. <gasps> he was 37th wow. in the season. Considering the hours we all spend thinking about FPL, that's totally depressing. Always enjoyed the part myself too. That's Josh Legg, who's 42 and three quarters years old. So hello his to Charlie, he's 10 Joe years old. Joe Legg, if you want to get that right. What? Uh, Vinny, his name's Joe Legg. You said Josh Legg there. Did I? I'm very shy. Joe yes. Legg. Seems like you only have one function on this show. Perhaps you'd, perhaps you'd be able to do it. Sometimes it is just my accent. Okay. Claire has been in touch. She's had John and Matt. My six-year-old son, George, has his own FPL team. Cassowary Palish. You do you know what a cassowary is, Jen? Um, it's a bird, isn't it? It's an Australian bird. He's only been playing for three weeks, but he's currently top of our family league. And this week, he's got sixty-two points. <gasps> he refused to listen to his dad and made an early transfer on Tuesday, like Matt, and brought Brandon Williams into his team, who scored seven points. Matt, if you'd like any advice, George is happy to help. <laughs> oh, and Claire also has a suggestion. She says, "I think in the run to Christmas." Whoever loses has to go to their local town centre or busy shop and sing carols for an hour. Oh, my God. What do you think of this? I mean, absolutely not. For an hour in a busy shopping centre? I think maybe, I think we can compromise, John. And I think maybe they do, you know, maybe one, maybe two songs. I really like the fact that this search for the youngest listener thing has morphed into a way of abusing you by asking if you want tips from seven-year-olds on how to be better at FPL. Well, I don't think they're abusing me. I think they're abusing 40. But, uh, yeah, I, I get. I think I take the point you're making, John. Is that is that you now, Vinny? Okay, I've got to be you going with this. I'm Vinny Van Der Veet. Uh, contractually, I can only read your post and your tweet. Oh, there he goes. What a lovely there guy. There he goes. What an absolute piece. Just time to let you know who's top of our fan league. Joe Widowson, which when you squint really looks like Josh Widdicombe, is top of the fan league with a thousand and twenty nine points with his team. Oh MKM my goodness, that is very very good, isn't it? Yeah, not sure about this. Connor Reed uh, close behind on a thousand and fifteen. Uh, Verda Barman, Graham Murray on a thousand and thirteen, tied in third place with Better Call Raoul Dan Hill. Uh, just incredible. 
the amount of points people get. Yeah. Hang on. Bottom of the league. Over 5,000 places down. Leo Wanacott on minus 1,021. How did you end up on a minus 1,021? Oh, now his ears have pricked up. Hang on. Hang on. How do you do that? I think there's a separate league somewhere to finish bottom. I think there's a separate league to find the worst FPL team. And I can only assume that one of our listeners is doing that. So, yeah, I guess you would start by making unlimited transfers, not substitutions. Uh Thanks for the correction. We're pleased to make it right. Um, and find those players who are going to finish on minus points. I think John Joe Shelby was on minus points last week. Um, so there are players out there who, if you find them, will not only cost you four points for bringing them in, but then finish on a minus number, as did Eric Dyer, of course, a few weeks ago, to your great amusement. Yes, yes, that really made me laugh. Now, to dedicate the show this week, this is very special. Ooh! Very special. Last week, we read an email from Samuel Brownlee in San Antonio, Texas, yeah. uh, who suggested that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had uh, received the curse. Mm. We got a message in midweek from Colin Gilmore saying, I also listen to the podcast and live in San Antonio, Texas, and was shocked to hear that somebody else here listens. They're so going to get married. <laughs> wouldn't it be lovely if they perhaps just became friends? Yes. So Colin Gilmore um, is on Twitter. Sam emailed Sam Brownlee. But if you're able to get to Twitter and you can find Colin Gilmore um, on there, he is a listener in San Antonio, Texas. He's clearly also a fan of FPL and comedy. <laughs> so you have things in common. Perhaps get in touch. And also while we're dedicating the show, who knows? There may be a team out in San Antonio, Texas, who listen to the podcast. So to Colin and to Sam uh, and anyone else in San Antonio, Texas, you are this week's star listeners. Oh, that is so cool. Also, I know we're trying to find our oldest and our youngest listener. We've not had any at the old end. I reckon if you're 50, mm. certainly if you're in your 60s, probably I'll get in touch. Hello at cpfpl.com. Also, who's the furthest away? Do we have listeners in? China, Japan, Australia. Get in touch. Hello at cpfpl.com. We have had an email. Hi, guys. Loving the show. Don't think I might be your youngest listener at the ripe old age of 27, but I might take top spot for being the furthest listener away as I listen in New Plymouth, New Zealand. Amazing. Really enjoyed the latest show, but think I may have as much hate for Vinny as John does. So suggestions for the next forfeit. If Matt wins, John has to drink a glass of undiluted Ribena. If John wins, Matt has to put... Vinny in a blender and drink him. Well, no, Take no, care, guys. No. From Zeb. No. I mean, no. don't worry, Zeb. I've got you, mate. I've got you. Vinny, Vinny won't be around much longer. Um, that's all we've got time for this week. Our next podcast will be out of the usual time. That'll be Wednesday, the 8th of December. We will be joined by Sky News anchor Sophie Ridge, currently in the top 1,000 FPL players in the world. Remember to send us forfeit ideas, news stories, questions, thoughts, feelings, worries, gripes, grudges, whatever you want. Tweet us at ComediansFPL or email us hello at cpfpl.com. And for the love of God and your own body, share, subscribe, review, and any extra advice you'd like to give me on the side, tweet me at Matt Ford. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 